Hello ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Flea Flicker. I'm your host, John Murray. I want to welcome you back. I know last night that um, I did a uh, I did an episode last night, but but tonight we're going to focus more on pretty much this week's games and any fantasy football advice that I might have, might have for my viewers out there. Um, for any first-time viewers, I want to say welcome to the show, and I'm glad that you're listening. For any of the my regular viewers, thank you for coming back, and um, I hope you continue to enjoy to enjoy the podcast. Um, I want to give a shout out to um, my Canadian brother and brother in there. Um, I've seen by the demographics, I've seen I picked up a few more Canadian fans, and I great I greatly appreciate those uh, Canadian fans and listening to this podcast. And as I said at the beginning, top of my Last episode, I'm hoping that um, as this podcast continues on, I want to reach out to many different countries, and they haven't listened to my listen to my show. Um, it seems like the podcast here late is getting out a little bit, a little bit more. It's picking up a little more momentum, and for that, I greatly appreciate. It and I want to keep, I want to keep the momentum going. I want to be. I want to get better with certain few things. There's some kinks that start to work out. Um, I know a lot of people will probably more fancy dancy. They have a music to start their podcast. They'll have they'll split their bits and pieces up what they want to talk about. I might run stuff together, but I'm not a man who likes to slow down. I like to speed things up. Heck on my job, I always get criticized for that because I like to speed up and not slow down. But that's who I am, and that's something that is, um, shall I say, hard to change. But enough of that. I just want to say thank you for those who are listening and any new viewers. But as you know me, I don't like to beat around the bush. Let's jump into. Let's jump into. Um, jump into things right away and we'll talk about this week's games uh we got we got some very interesting games this week and i won't be around the bush any longer let's in no particular order let's go let's talk about the cleveland browns and the cincinnati Bengals. now i have i'm a cincinnati Bengals fan and i have even been their biggest critic this year they come off the recent loss to the New York Jets. Can they bounce back against the Cleveland Browns? So the Bengals, I just don't get the Bengals at all. The problem is you can go out there and you can beat on the Baltimore, you can beat up on the Baltimore Ravens. But the problem is you tell them that you can't beat the New York Jets. Now the Indianapolis Colts on Thursday night took care of the New York Jets. The Colts did what they were supposed to do, and that is beat the New York Jets. Now I do give the New York Jets a little bit of credit. Their offense, Mike White, he has played well. He got hurt. Josh Johnson, who's been a veteran, who's probably been on eight or nine, maybe ten different teams in the NFL, he actually played well. And as crazy as it sounds, I know this sounds stupid, but it seems like the Jets offense moves better with Mike White and Josh Johnson in there. Heck, it might it might be it might be better if Joe Flacco's quarterback. Over the, over the their number one draft pick. 
That seems to be weird, odd. But even New York Jets fans notice that. I'm sure they're probably they're probably building up. Um, they're probably telling the uh, public, "Hey, we want Mike Mike to be our quarterback." But you know, the Jets have got the same problem that the Miami Dolphins had. The Miami Dolphins have never replaced Dan Marino. To be honest with you, having New York Jets have replaced Joe Namath. The closest ever came was a gentleman by the name of Ken O'Brien, who did put up, who had some pretty decent numbers for for several years with with the Jets. I know down the road, Chad Pennington came along, and Chad didn't do too bad for himself. Injuries curtailed his career, but you really think about it. Name has been the last man that they've been able to rely on for for you know for several years. Let's get back to the, let's get back to the game at hand. The problem is my thing with the Cincinnati Bengals is they have not been able, in my mind, sure they've gone out and beat the teams they're supposed to beat to a certain point, but they couldn't beat the Jets last week. They struggled against the Jacksonville Jaguars, had to come back from behind to beat them. To me, that's what always concerns the Bengals. They barely beat. A one-win Jacksonville team. They could not beat the New York Jets. My concern is what makes my think in the back of my mind they can beat the Cleveland Browns. Now I'll say this about yes, Cleveland Browns have been have been struck by the injury bug. Baker Mayfield has been hurt. Nick Chubb has been dinged up, but he is back and playing. Hunt is on the is on the IR. The offensive line is being dinged up. Their defense is being dinged up. It seems like everywhere you turn, the Cleveland Browns have got injury issues. Now, I'll be honest with you, for Cincinnati Bengals fans, yes, this could be a perfect time for the Bengals, for the Browns are right for the pickings, if you want to say that. To be honest with you, I still think the Browns will be able to run the ball on the Bengals. Now, I believe the Bengals can get some pass rush on Baker Mayfield. I know I know the experts are saying what well, the Odell Beckham thing is gonna is gonna cause some kind of ruckus in the locker room. I really don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. I think Cleveland Browns will still go about business as usual. I mean Odell's been hurt off in all the last couple of years. They're used to not having Odell Beckham around. So why now would it be a concern for the Cleveland Browns? It shouldn't be. Should not be at all. But here's the thing. Do I think the Cincinnati Bengals have a chance to beat the Cleveland Browns this week? I've gone back and I've gone forth and I've gone back and I've gone forth on this, on on this, on this. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to say, and I'm going to shoot myself in the foot this pick, but I think the Cincinnati Bengals are going to beat the Cleveland Browns. I think the Cleveland Browns were were a hundred percent healthy. I don't think this would be a game. I think Cleveland would beat the Cincinnati Bengals. But I think this is a situation where the Bengals are in the right place at the right time. Cleveland's got too many injuries. Cincinnati's been on an upswing. I know the Bengals they lost to the Jets last week. But do I think a banged up Cleveland Brown team can stop Joe Burrow and that offense? I have my doubts that they can do that. I think Cincinnati can barely hang on and do something 
to a point where they can do do a little something with the Cleveland offense. I don't think Baker's going to be able to pass the ball well against him, but I still think Nick Chubb will have a good enough game to do something. But ladies and gentlemen, I think the Bengals will take this game. I think it's going to be closer than people people might believe it's going to be. But the Bengals will take will take the win. Now the next game we've got to talk about, we'll talk about the Denver Broncos and the Dallas Cowboys. Now I know the biggest news coming out of Denver has been simply this. Von Miller is now going to the Rams. Buzz is going to die that the Broncos are going to trade Kyle Fuller. So to me, what that means to me is has the Denver Broncos given up on this season? Now there's nothing. I mean, the offense, I mean, Ted Bridgewater has done a fairly decent job. You've got to like, I mean, I love the receiving core. You got like Court and Sutton. Jerry Judy's back. Tim Patrick's underrated. I mean, now I know not all fan has got the COVID. He will not play this week. You still got Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams from North Carolina. But the thing is, the offensive line, I think it's offensive line that has its issues at times. They've got some injuries there as well. And the defense, they lost Vaughn Miller. They don't seem to have confidence in Kyle Fuller. The defense seems to be on the ropes. And again, it's not a good time to be going up against the Dallas Cowboys and the returning Dak Prescott. The Zeke Elliott's Tony Pollard's, Amari Cooper's, the CC Lamb. Now I will say this: Cooper's got it. Cooper is dinged up. CD Lamb's got an ankle injury. Will Cooper play? Will CD Lamb play? Michael Gallup, yes, Michael Gallup is still out, but should be back here very shortly. Cedric Wilson has seemed to be an emerging receiver for the Dallas Cowboys. Blake Jarwin is out. But Schultz has been the main man at tight end. Could this be the week that maybe with all the injuries to the receiving core, could this be the week that Zeke Elliott may get the 20, 25 carries while they go back to the, to the old running game with Zeke Elliott? Now, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Tyrone Smith is going to be out this week. Again, that's always con- that is to me a concern right there. That's a huge concern for me that Smith's going to miss some time. They might miss this week's game only. For that much we do know. But the Dallas, they have they have some depth on the offensive line. And well, Denver, Denver can still put a little bit of a pass rush on you. Even though Von Miller's gone, there's still a little bit of a pass rush. And Dallas, well, Dallas' defense has certainly improved tenfold since last season. Now, I don't know. Now, to be honest with you, I've got my doubts that this secondary can cover all those top-notch receivers. I'm sure Diggs, Tavon Diggs, I'm sure his job will be to cover Sutton. Sutton is right now. Sutton is the number one receiver for the Denver Broncos. My, I'm sure his job will be to cover him. But do I think the rest of the secondary can, can cover Judy? Can he cover Tim Patrick? I kind of got my doubts about that. That to me is a concern. But to be honest with you, I don't know if the Denver defense can slow down the Dallas offense. That's the issue here. And that's why I'm going for Dallas. I'm going with the Dallas Cowboys in this game. I believe that game, I believe that game might be televised. I'm not 100% sure of that. 
But to me, I got to go Dallas in this game. Now, the next game on the agenda, the Atlanta Falcons against the New Orleans Saints. Now, the word out, the word out of the New Orleans camp is this. Trevor Simeon is going to start this week. Now, I'm sure the pressure will go on a lot more now than tomorrow. Mark Ingram didn't have a bad returning debut with the Saints this past week. So I'm sure Kamara and Ingram, I'm sure Kamara will get most of the carries, but I'm sure Ingram's going to cut in to deliver that playing time. But the problem is, Trevor did a good job coming in, but my concern is, is that receiving core. It's a huge issue. Now, Atlanta, Atlanta's offense has struggled this year. Davis said Mike Davis has not lived up to the expectations of the, as a top running back. Now, Cordell Patterson has had a rebirth, and I think Patterson is going to give the Saints a little bit a little bit of trouble. But the thing is, there's no Calvin Murray there. And the New Orleans Saints, and I've said it on my last show, the Saints' defense is what's, what's going to be carrying them. And to me, with that being said, I think the Saints will beat the Atlanta Falcons because their defense will cause some turnovers. I mean, Matt Ryan, his offense is not. Matt Ryan has to realize he can't, there is no Calvin Ridley there. Julio Jones is not, is not going to come back on that field. There is no more Tevin you know, Coleman, Tevin Coleman. There is no more Devontae Freeman like it once was. Hey, Tony Gonzalez is not coming is not gonna come back on the field to help you out either. Now, I do like I'm like a lot of experts. I love Kyle Pitts. Great future ahead of him. Kyle Pitts has had a couple of has has had some good games. But the problem is that Saints defense is is one of the top ten in this league. And well the Falcons offense struggled. Now, do I think Trevor's I don't know. To me, I think they're going to run the ball more. I think they will limit. I think, you know, Trevor Simmons will have, like, sh- little dink passes, short passes. I don't know. I, see Tra- I don't know if I see Trevor Simeon going deep with the ball at all. But I think Saints will find enough. I think defense will get a couple of turnovers. They will short field. I think Saints will take enough advantage of that, and they will get the win here. Saints or the Falcons. Next game, I gotta say, the Raiders, the Vegas Raiders against the Giants. Now, in some ways, I want to say, ladies and gentlemen, this could be one of those trap games. Now, at times, the Giants, they actually did play the Chiefs tough at some point in Monday night's game. Now, the thing is, the Giants, Kenny Colliday, I believe he's going to play. Tony is going to play this week as well. So they will have at least a couple of weapons back for the Saints. I mean, excuse me, for the for the Giants. Now Barkley, he is still out. There was some COVID issues with Barkley, but then now there's been uh, buzz around that. That is, that is a false positive test. Barkley's still not going to play. He could come back the following week. The Giants' defense, at times, has not been that bad this season. It really hasn't. At least Daniel Jones will have at least a couple of weapons back. 
but it doesn't have the full weapons at stake. Now, look at the Raiders. Derek Hart's having a solid year this year. He gets Josh Jacobs back. Keenan Drake has picked up his game the last couple of weeks. Now, to be honest with you, I know the Raiders are probably still, uh, still spinning over the Henry Ruggs incident. And I'm sure, I'm sure that probably plays on the mind of the Raiders. Now, with something like that, that could play on the Raiders' psyche. That means all the guys, I know Waller's back, he's healthy. That means guys like Hunter Renfro, Byron Edwards, they're going to have to step their game up even that much more this week. Like I said, the Giants defense has to show their bad from time to time. And there's that part of me, that slim chance of me wants to give the Giants the edge in this game. And to be honest with you, I can't do it. The Ruggs thing is gonna hang is gonna hang over is gonna hang over the Raiders. But the thing is, I think Derek Carr still has another three hundred I think he throws slightly over three hundred yards. Jacobs, I think he gets about maybe seventy five to eighty. He gets about seventy five yards rushing, maybe a touchdown too. I think Drake continues to what he's done the last couple of games. And I gotta be from here on out. I gotta give the Raiders the edge of the Giants. Raiders win this game. Now, next game on task: Houston Texans, Miami Dolphins. And both teams have only won one game this year. The only good news for the Texans is Taylor Taylor returns as a starting quarterback, and actually they move the ball better when Taylor Taylor is in there. Now, whether that's a whether that's great news to the Texans or not, but they do a better job with Taylor running the ball. Excuse me, back as the quarterback, the offense is more efficient with him. Now, do I think it makes a difference in this game or not with Taylor back? Miami's defense has been disappointing this year, and I think Miami's team in general. Has been disappointed. There's still, you still hear the Deshaun Watson talk, even though the trade deadline is come and gone. There's no more talk of Deshaun Watson, or maybe until the offseason, or maybe the noise picks up again. But to me, if you're Tua, it's going to linger for the rest, it's going to linger in his mind for the rest of the season. And Tua can come out and publicly tell people that it's not going to bother him, but it does bother him. And I hate to say it, I hate to say it, it should bother him. Because his organization drafted me first overall pick for them, for the team. And the problem is they don't have confidence in him. We're talking about another quarterback. Now, to me, I think Tua could have a decent game, could have a pretty decent game because of Houston's defense. He can have a good game 
Now I know that Devontae Parker is going to be out for a few weeks. He's been put on the IR. So then guys like Jalen Waddle is going to have to step up his game that much more. I think, you know, I think the running game, I think Gaskin may be more of a weapon than I think Gaskin will get. I believe Gaskin get about 65 to 70 yards. He will do it. He will catch his pass out of the backfield as well. Now, I know Taylor's back. Taylor will make things more exciting for the Texans, but I don't think it's going to be enough. I think Miami wins this game. I think it becomes, I don't think it's going to be, a, it's not going to be a shootout. It'll be a very, it'll be a low-scoring affair, I believe. But Miami will somehow, some way, able to squeak it out. And Miami will get that second win of the year. Two, I think, will have a decent game. I don't think it's going to shut the talk on two or Deshaun Watson. is not going to pump the brakes on that talk. But they will do just enough, just enough to win the game in a low-scoring game. Now the Buffalo Bills and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, to the average fan, since this has got mismatch written all over it, as I said in my last podcast, the Buffalo Bills are may very well be the most complete team in the AFC. All or none. You're going against a one win Jacksonville team. It's mismatched right now, but I got it. Buffalo's defense, I think you'll see James Robinson looks like he's not going to play this week. That makes it even worse. you got a very weak offensive line. you got a rookie quarterback. It doesn't look good for the Jacksonville offense. Jacksonville's defense, it doesn't look good the way Josh Allen and the Buffalo offense has been rolling here of late. It's hard for me. I, I don't know what the score of this game will come out to be, but I'm like you. It's mismatch written all over it. Do I think Jacksonville can win this game? Well, anything is possible, right? That's why you play the games. But ladies and gentlemen, it's hard for me to say that the Buff- I believe the Buffalo Bills will go about his business as usual. And I don't think the Bills will be like no Cincinnati Bengals and struggle and struggle and struggle. And then maybe the last second they pull it out. I think the Bills jump on them quick, very quick and early. I believe that's just going to blow, just going to blow them out. Bills over Jacksonville. Now, one of the more unique games is the Minnesota Vikings and the Baltimore Ravens. Now, the thing about the Ravens is the Ravens defense this year at times has played well, like it did against the Chargers, and then the Cincinnati Bengals have blown them out. So to me, it depends on what, what, Bengals, what Raven team defense is going to show up. Kirk Cousins hasn't played that bad this year. You got Dalvin Cook, Thielen, Jefferson. There are some weapons going on on Minnesota's team. That is a concern for Ravens defense that is inconsistent. Now the Ravens, the Ravens have done a better job passing the ball this season. The running game, the running game, the running game still continues to, to move right along. 
Now, it hasn't been fabulous like it has been in the past you know, few seasons where they're one of the top rushing offenses in the league. Lamar's become more balanced this year. That makes it scary. That makes it a lot scarier for the Minnesota defense. To me, I'm going to say this. I think this game will be a little more high scoring than most people believe that, that it could be. There was a note. I don't think there's a note that Lamar Jackson has not lost, and I don't think to an NFC team in his career yet. And again, how many teams, which is kind of an interesting side note. But I think Lamar, I think it's going to be a closer game than people think it is. It's a high-scoring game. But I'm going to give the Ravens an edge. The Ravens will get the, Ravens will get the edge in this game. I think Ravens will, I think Ravens will surprise people. I think they will, I think Lamar Jackson will have a day of coming close to throwing 300 yards. I think he may get it. I think he'll get it maybe 290, 295. He'll get a couple touchdowns, and I'm sure Lamar will throw in a rushing touchdown in there as well. But I think it's going to be a little more high-scoring game than you believe it is. Ravens win in a close, in a close game. Let's talk about the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. And the Patriots here lately, the Patriots are starting to play. Maybe not like the New let's, let's just say not like the New England Patriots of old, but they're playing better. Matt Jones is playing better. The running game has been pretty well. The defense is playing better. It seems like in a way the Panthers are playing, excuse me, the Patriots are playing better ball here of late. There are 500. They're going against Carolina Panthers. And Sam Donald, he is questionable, but he, with, with a concussion. But then again, Sam has struggled. There's a possibility that P.J. Walker may wind up being the quarterback this week. Now there's the buzz that Christian McCaffrey may be back for the first time, for the first time in several weeks. Which would be great news for the Panthers. Still got DJ Moore, certainly. Robbie Anderson's been a disappointment. Robbie Anderson's been a disappointment this year. They hit. And the Panthers' defense at times has proved to be a pretty good, pretty solid defense at times this year. But to me, the way the Patriots are playing ball right now, I believe. You know, hearts are hearts. I don't know if Belichick has, has, has wrote, has finally got the ship going the right direction. But I believe the Patriots will find, I believe the Patriots will end up winning, I believe the Patriots will win this game against the Panthers. I think Sam Donald will miss this week. I think P.J. Walker will play this week. I think PJ will probably I think that deep the Patriot defense, P 
PJ's going to have a tough time moving that ball. And then McCaffrey's back. But you got to realize Christian McCaffrey's been on the shelf for a few weeks. I wouldn't think, I don't see McCaffrey going out there and running for, you know, 150 some yards. I don't see him going out there and getting. X amount of receiving yards as well. I don't see him doing that. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna push Christian McCaffrey back that much when his first game back. I think the Patriots are getting better. And who knows? Patriots could wind up surprising some teams later on in the year. But the Patriots win this game over the Panthers. And the next game we got to talk about the Los Angeles Chargers against the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, here becomes an interesting game. The Chargers, they've played like world beers some weeks. They played the world beers. And then the Ravens kind of beat up on them. Not that long ago. Now, offensively, they're still, they're still. They're still dominant. They still have a good offense. Yeah, and they're adjusting something there. Eckler, you still got Keenan Allen. Mike Williams. Mike Williams has kind of struggled the last couple of weeks. But the offensive line has always been my biggest concern, my biggest concern with the Chargers. That's my issue. Now, the defense. The defense has, I believe, the worst rushing defense in the league and to me that's kind of surprising for guys like Joey Bosa I know they get Murray back this week but to me it's kind of a disappointment now the thing is Philadelphia has kind of struggled the ball struggled running the ball the ball this week they've struggled it now last week they seemed to run the ball a bit better I'm sure Jalen Hurts is, is going to have Jalen Hurts can the Eagles have success running the ball? Yeah, they can have success running the ball. I'm interested to see, but the thing, I like the Chargers secondary, and I think they can hang with the Eagles receivers. Now, this game is, again, one of those back-and-forth games, but I'm sorry, the Chargers, the Chargers are going to pull this out. I think... Could this game be a shootout? I don't know if this game will be a shootout or not. It does have the feeling, the vibe of a possible shootout between Justin Herbert and Jalen Hurts. But I think the Chargers will roll up some points on the Eagles' defense. Chargers win this game. Now, some said in the game of the week, Kansas City Chiefs and the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I get it. The buzz is there is no Aaron Rodgers. Jordan Love is going to make his first start. And Devontae Adams, he will be back this week. I believe the receiving core will be close to being attacked as it has been all year. I know Tunyon, he's out for the year. The tight end. And I'm sure the emphasis will go on the running game. With Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, the Chiefs, they've had issues 
but the run defense didn't give me head issues at all. They had a lot of issues on that defense. If Aaron Rodgers was going to play this game, this could be a very, very interesting ball game. Now the Chiefs, I get it. The offense hasn't blown people out like it has the last two years. The offense line, it's still a concern. The running game is a concern. Now Patrick Mahomes, he's done more interceptions, I think, this year at this stage of his career than he's probably done the previous two years. The thing is, now the Packers did an excellent job last week against a very potent Cardinal team. Can they do it this week against second against the Kansas City Chiefs team? Yeah, the Chiefs have struggled. But to me, it makes me wonder, do I really believe that the Green Bay Packers Can I have that same success two weeks in a row? I've got my doubts they can do that. I think Patrick Mahomes will somehow right the ship. I think the Packers defense will get a reality check. I think Mahomes will have a 300-plus yard game. I think Tyreek Hill will go back to being that 100-yard receiver. I look for Travis Kelsey to have a quality game as well. Now, Jordan Love, I think Jordan Love could have res respectable numbers. I think he'd, I'd be honest with you, it wouldn't shock me if he threw for 250, 275. I wouldn't be shocked if he had a couple of touchdowns thrown in there. I think Jordan Love will get some rushing yards as well. It wouldn't shock me at all if Jordan Love has a decent game against that Kansas City defense. In Green Bay, they've only lost one game all year since that since that first game. Their since their first game, they have been they have been living right in Kansas City. They've been kind of well, I should say, struggling along this week. I think Kansas City will right the ship a little bit. I think Kansas City beats Green Bay. If Aaron Rodgers was playing the game, maybe I might give you a different answer. Maybe. But I think Kansas City defeats an Aaron Rodgers less team. I think it's gonna be I think it could be a closer game people think it's gonna be. But I think Chiefs win. Now another interesting game is Arizona Cardinals and the San Francisco 49ers. And the Cardinals Lost their first game last last Thursday night to the Green Bay Packers. And the funny thing is Green Bay Packers wasn't 100% when they did it. Now, the Cardinals going into this game, they're banged up. You have Kyler, yeah, Kyler Murray's banged up. DeAndre Hopkins, he's hurt. A.J. Green, I believe he's out with, with uh, COVID, I believe. Now, my thing is, Colin Murray, now he's a game time decision, so with Hopkins. I'm going to think, I'm going to say that both men will probably gut it out and they will play, but they will not be 100%. Again, the Cardinals offense, I'm not completely sold on the offensive line. The defense, 
the defense. I believe Mrs. J. Uh, Mrs. JJ Watt a little bit. I believe they do. Now the one thing is about the about the Packers last week they were able to run the ball well against against the Cardinals. And my thing is this: what the San Francisco 49ers do, they run the ball well. Elijah Mitchell has been a has been a very has been a surprise. Been a little surprise of the league this year. He's done an excellent job stepping in. And George, there's a possibility George Kittle may may return, may return this week as well. Jimmy G, a lot of people criticize Jimmy G, but the problem is Jimmy G does have a winning record since he's been with San Francisco 49ers. There's no denying that. And Lance, I believe Trey, Trey Lance may may play this week. He's healthy and should be back this week as well. But to me, this is still Jimmy G's team. And ladies and gentlemen, I think the Cardinals will suffer, will suffer a second straight loss because they need to stop the run. They couldn't do it with Green Bay and the 49ers. That's what they do best. They run the ball. I think Jimmy Garoppolo will do enough to keep the cart to keep the Cardinal defense honest. I think the 49ers pulled out this victory. Again, normal post game. Four nines on the win. Now let's go to the Monday Nighter, the Tennessee Titans, and the LA Rams. Now at one point in time, this was an intriguing matchup. But then again, there is no Derrick Henry. So to me, with that, the running game is going to be. I'm not going to say it's going to be non-existent, but it's not going to be as good, nowhere near as good without Derrick Henry. I've said this before, the pressure goes on Ryan Tannehill. And now we've got a pretty decent Ram defense. Now, how much Vaughn Miller plays, we don't know. I don't think he's going to play. He's going to get a whole, a whole lot of scripted plays. But to me, Tennessee's defense is not that good. You're playing against one of the better offenses in the league, Matthew Stratford. I don't see him stop. I really do not see them stop. I don't believe the Rams, let's be honest with you, I don't think the Tennessee Titans can go up against that juggernaut. I don't think Tannehill can hang with Matthew Stratford in that offense. Can't do it. He won't be able to do it. This game, to me, feels like a mismatch written all over it. And Mike Brable is a, is a good coach. He's going to do his very best to keep it close. No Derrick Henry. The defense is not really that good for Tennessee. I don't know. This morning, this Sunday night game is looking, to me, worse and worse. The more I talk, the more I talk about it out loud, this is getting worse and worse. I think the Rams go out there. They make another statement game here. I think the Rams beat up on Tennessee really good. Now the final game we could talk about is the Chicago Bears and the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
And the Steelers defense seemed to have a little bit of a resurgence last week against, against Cleveland. But then again, Cleveland's again, Cleveland's offense has been dinged up. Now, Chicago Bears, yeah, Justin Fields is the quarterback. Now, David Montgomery, he will not be back this week. There's a possibility Shane Mikey could very well come back the following week. But to me, to see those defense starting to show a little, a little bit of signs of life last week. And to me, I think the Steelers' defense will be all over Green Bay. Excuse me, not Green Bay. They'll be all over Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. Now, the Bears' defense. The Bears' defense has not played like it has in the past. To me, the defense is kind of like the Baltimore Ravens' defense. It's kind of dropped off. I don't believe. I don't know if Mac is going to play. Cleo Mac is going to play this week or not. I don't think he will. I think Najee Harris has a decent game. I think Big Ben could have a so-so game. I'm still again not convinced on the Steelers' offensive line, not at all. But I believe they might do somewhat enough to the point where they will protect Ben just enough for him to get to Claypool, for him to get to Deontay Johnson in this game. And now I'm sure it'll catch the pass out of the backfield. I think this is one of those games. Now, it could be a low-scoring game, possibly. It's a possibility. Either way, look at it. Pittsburgh wins this. We'll, we'll walk away with the W over the Chicago Bears. Well, after talking about my predictions for the games this week, now let's get into the segment of the show, the fantasy football tips. Now, for those for those of you, I hope you are certainly having a great fantasy football season. Uh, I know some people some people have certainly been hooked and hit by the injury bug. And yours truly, yes, I've been hit by the injury bug as I at the top of my pod, my podcast, two podcasts ago, I mentioned the Derrick Henry injury. And it really hurt 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 me, and I'm sure it hurt a lot of other fantasy owners out there. But you know, I guess injuries are what they are in the NFL. But let me give you I will give you people at certain positions that might shock you as possibilities that you could probably go out and get or or play this week. Let's roll right into it. And the one quarterback I do have on my list, I know people are going to look at me and say, well, John, maybe you're a little crazy. And that's Taylor Taylor. And I know a lot of times it's hard to pick, it's hard to jump on the bandwagon of a guy of any players coming back off of being injured. But let's be honest with you, the offense, the Houston offense, is going against a Miami defense that has not lived up to any, has not lived up to anything this year. Their secondary was supposed to be one of the, they have one of the top two two sub corners in the league. They have struggled this year. And Talbot can run the ball, can run the ball, and he may very well put his legs to use this week. And that's more points for any fantasy owner if your quarterback can run the ball. That is extra points. I can see Talbot having a pretty decent week. Brandon Cooks, I said Brandon Cooks plays. Brandon Cooks 
this very well when Terry Rogers back in the lineup. Now, he didn't do that horrible of a job with David Mills in the lineup, but I think it's just a new coach has that chemistry with Terrell Taylor. Again, the Miami defense is not that good. I think Terrell can get passes out to Denver, to David Johnson on the backfield. But for, if, if your quarterback's not by, he's making that reach, making a reach. Go with Terrell Taylor this week. Now for running backs, I'm going to stick. I'm going to stick with the Texans-Dolphins game. And I'm going to say Miles Gaskin. Now, Miles Gaskin may be, I don't know what type of league people have. If you're doing a 18, 10 league, 12 team league, whatever the case may be, Miles Gaskin is the guy I got to look out for. Miles is the number one, number one running back for Miami. I think Miles could have a good running game. I think he'll get some passes out of the backfield from Tua. I think he could have a decent game against the Texans defense. He's a guy I certainly would look out for. Now, the only other running back I would say would be I want to jump on the Boston Scott bandwagon. And I kind of got my doubts. Because you got game, Kenneth Gainwell. You got Jordan Howard, who played well. But to me right now, it seems like Boston Scott is the main man. Gainwell seems to be the third down back. And he's done a pretty good job being that third down back. But Jordan Howard kind of cuts into that. But Boston had a good game this last week. But going against the Charger defense, that is the worst rushing defense in the league. A guy like Boston Scott or even Jordan Howard might have a halfway decent game this week. Keep that in mind. Once Seattle reminds you, the Chargers are the worst rush defense, running defense in this league. Boston has got to do one of those deep, deep, deep sleeper picks if you need running back this week. As for my wide receiver, I want you to gasp on this one. I'm going with a Baltimore Raven receiver. Now, in the past, it's usually the kiss of death. You don't usually go with no. No, no balls. You need to go to the Baltimore Raven running back for all that's number. You don't do that. But the rookie Rashad Bateman is somebody you need to keep on this week. Let's be honest with you. Lamar Jackson is passing the ball. And you got to remember Cooper Rush last week threw the ball well to Cooper. He threw the ball to well C.D. Lamb. Cedric Wilson had, put, had caught a 72-yard pass for a touchdown from Cooper Rush last week. And Lamar Jackson better than Cooper Rush. Marcus Brown, he could be mine for having a good game this week. But I think Bateman, I would be surprised if Bateman could get 75 to 80 yards. Maybe he gets lucky if he throws in a touchdown. But if you need a deep, deep, deep receiver pick this week, Bateman's your man. The only thing I have as far as tight end goes would be the Cincinnati Bengals tight end, C.J. Usama. 
Now, Seagraves played well now. Get the point is, Chase is the main man. Higgins and Boyd at times, they have been kind of like non-existent at times this year. T, I think T. Higgins picked up, did play well last week. But CJ is a guy that has quietly has gained Joe Burrow's confidence. You're playing against the Cleveland defense that is dinged up. Now, I don't know if CJ's on a lot of people's rosters in fantasy football. I'm going to say probably not a lot. But he's quietly earned Joe Burrow's trust. And against the banged up Cleveland defense, yes, they're going to focus on, they're going to put their focus on Chase because they don't want Chase to beat them deep. And I'm saying a guy like Higgins or even Tyler Boyd could have a decent week because people, teams are now going to focus on Chase a little bit more. That frees up for Higgins. That's going to free it up for Boyd. And now free it up for CJ. Keep an eye on CJ. Cleveland has given up the last two weeks. They've given the Titans. They've given a lot of points to tight ends. Again, again, this is one of those deep receiver picks. Maybe it's not as deep as you think it is. Go with CJ if you need a tight end for the week. Well, it appears now that it is true. The Cleveland Browns have finally, have finally officially released Odell Beckham as of today. Well, I should say since it's 1255, November 6th, let's just say it's yesterday. It was been official that they did release, release Odell Beckham. Now, I know from the last, last episode, I had some possibilities that might be decent fits for Odell. And I'm sure there's some NFL team that might even look at Odell with the possibility of bringing him in. Somebody probably is. I know the Saints have been, I think the Saints right now could be the real leading candidate. But there was one team that kind of, I've heard one expert come out and say, the New England Patriots. Now, I want to pump the brakes on that one because I don't think, I just don't see Bill Belichick right now bringing in Odell Beckham. I just don't see Odell Beckham fitting the new, in the New England Patriot way. I don't see it. I certainly got to pump the brakes on that one. Now, Odell would definitely help. But would he help him out? Yes, he certainly would help him out of the receiving core. But I don't see that as a possibility. None at all whatsoever. To me, if he's going to play, if somebody's going to pick him up this year, I'm going to say the Saints are the best candidate. They were the only team that I understood that was trying to get Odell. And I'm sure, I'm sure Sean Payton would love to have Odell, a guy like Odell. Now, Sean has worked wonders with quarterbacks. He worked wonders with Drew Brees and got him, got him a Hall of Fame career. He did work, he did very well with Jameis Winston. 
And he's got to work his magic again with Trevor Simeon. But Odell's about the only, only I can see Odell and the Saints to me right now. It may be the only possibility that I'm seeing right now. That's going to happen. We shall see. I don't know. I don't know. Could Odell? Could Odell have that chemistry with Trevor Simeon? I got my doubts about that. Tyson, Tyson Hill looking for that. Do I think he's going to have chemistry with Tyson Hill? I doubt that either. That daring lies the concern. Could the Saints be the best fit for Odell Beckham? He's the only, he's the only team that anybody's talked about. But we shall see. Now I've got maybe a few more minutes left in this in this episode. Um, the last quick thing I can bring up, I'll bring up before we end this, is I guess the the follow the follow up on Aaron Rodgers very quickly and his version of the story about about the COVID issue. And he has told, I believe he told people that um, I don't think he, he didn't really get the shot. I believe he was doing some remedies, if you want to say that. That was maybe told him by other people that he could do to build up his immune system to, I guess, to fight off the COVID virus. Now... I know he did the, we did the Pat McAfee show, I believe, and he told Pat that he feels pretty good and he's not really been hit with a full full shot of the virus, at least that's my understanding of what I have read. He does feel he does feel pretty good. Now, I get it. Taking a shot. It's not the same as building up your body, building your antibodies to fight off the COVID. Now, it's nowhere near. Trust me, I worked with I worked with a gentleman many, many years ago. Where I think when he was trying to fight off a cold, he wanted he took garlic pills, I believe, because he felt he says because garlic will help fight off will fight off a cold. Maybe in some way that's what you know, Aaron Rodgers believed. If he built up his immune system by taking whatever he was, whatever medicate, whatever over-the-counter stuff or whatever stuff he was taking, he felt that was the. He felt if he did that, that was going to be the reason that he's supposedly not going to get not going to get COVID. And I get it. Aaron is taking a bashing by the media. I'm sure he's been bashed by maybe other players in the league that we don't know about yet. Now, his team has been behind him, and you would think they would be. In the back of their mind, they've got to be saying to themselves privately, Aaron, you're kind of screwing this up. You know, I know Aaron probably doesn't want to hear that from all the media outlets and other sports writers or talk show hosts or podcasters or whatever the case may be. 
But you know, if Aaron, I know Aaron is an intelligent man. But to me, inside Bobby's point, for example, and this is a speak, let's say they lose. They go to Seattle. Let's say he can't play against Seattle. Let's say they lose. The problem is, Aaron is messing up his team's chances. Because like you said, can you imagine going to Green Bay with him being in single digits and try to play maybe a playoff game or an NFC Championship game? There's not a team in the NFL that wants to go do that. Trust me. But if he lets you know, but he lets somebody, but if he let, let's say he let Tampa Bay become a number one seed, you go to sunny Florida. If the Rams do it, maybe go to a sunny LA. But let's be honest with you, nobody in their right mind wants to go to Green Bay in January, where it could be. Twenty feet of snow on the daggone ground, and maybe negative two degrees or something. Nobody wants to do that. The Packers are used to it, but all teams are not. And that is, I think, where Aaron don't get it. Now, I don't think he gets that. He gets he he thought that far in advance. Now, certainly, I hope Aaron. Certainly hope Aaron continues to do well and hope he gets back on the field. But I don't think, like I said, I don't think Aaron fought it all the way through. I get it. He didn't want to take the shot. A lot of people don't want to take the shot. And I've said, I haven't taken the shot myself. And trust me, I'm around people. Where I work at, I'm around people constantly. Not co-workers, but the customers that I deal with every single day. And I continue to, do, continue to deal with that. But I, like I said, could Aaron have lost his team possible home field advantage to the playoffs? Will it come back to bite him in the butt? Time's only going to tell about that, and time will tell. Again, everybody's got an opinion on this on this issue. Did Aaron do the right thing? No, Aaron didn't do the right thing. I'm sure Aaron believed that he'd done the right thing, but he didn't. Team, some way, he has put not only his team, but also put other teams, players in jeopardy. Now, how you look, Aaron wants to look at it. He can't be justified. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's all the time I have for this week's show. Um, once again, thank you for listening, and uh, I'll see you again very soon.